audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston and joining me back again for this episode is Dr. Michelle Crone and uh, joining us on the other microphone, uh, physical therapist Katie Sandvig. Welcome, Katie and Michelle. Thanks for coming in again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys talking about this. Now, last time uh, you were in, Michelle, we were talking about uh, infertility, yep. uh, which ended up being a, a, a much uh, even more fascinating conversation than I thought it was going to be. I've learned so much already. Uh, but now I want to talk about something that I, I mean, infertility, everybody kind of has a, a general knowledge about. Pelvic floor, I knew <laughs> nothing about coming into this, except for the terrible TikTok social media trends that I see. So Katie, you're a physical therapist that's specifically trained in this sort of stuff. How irritating does that get when people come in and say, well, no, I know how to do these. I, I do them all the time. I mean, honestly, most people that are coming to see me um, have already failed at trying to, to do TikTok things. So um, it, it's something very common that people talk about. You know, what do you think about what I saw on TikTok that talks about this or that? And um, I mean, I basically say, you know, I'm going to give you what you need to do. And I would, you know, take that advice and, you know, you can you can look at it and see what they say, but don't. Um, take it individually for yourself because everybody's different. But so. while you're talking to me, you're going to put your phone down and we're yeah. not going to look at those things. Uh, all right. There so. are some good ones, though. I mean, I will oh, say. Oh, are there really? Okay. I th- yeah. I well, mean, then maybe at the end of this, you can recommend some that people <laughs> do. So they're not just you know, randomly getting them. Um, but I guess to, to start this, for a bunch of people that were like me coming into this, what what is pelvic floor and what, what does that mean? Yeah. So the pelvic floor muscles are basically a group of muscles, um, and they're connecting from your pubic bone in the front um, to your tailbone in the back. Um, So they sit like a big sling at the bottom of your pelvis, um, and they actually have a lot of functions. Um, So the first function that we tend to talk about is um, just bladder and bowel function. So the pelvic floor muscles help to control your bladder um, to help maintain continence. Um, as well as to help you release your urine. So um, I always tell people they have to be able to contract in order to hold your urine in, and then they have to be able to relax in order to release your urine. Um, and then also for bowel function, so same same kind of thing. You want to be able to hold your bowels in when you want to hold them in and um, release them when you, so when that's, you want to release. So that's what that muscle is. That's what that's doing. I'm assuming it works the same for guys, too, in, yep. in, in that instance. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, so I treat both men and women for okay. pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, obviously more common in women um, with birth and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I treat a lot of men post-prostatectomy uh, for pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay, so. now explain that. What is what what is that? So for men, the, the, the word you said that now I, I can't say. Right. I mean, we're, we're kind of going to get way off, but, but we'll kind of go quickly. So, sure, yeah. Just... So when, when men have prostate surgery, basically oh, the prostate is removed, um, which affects their bladder function. Okay. So, so are, there, are there numerous types of pelvic floor, dis, uh, floor dysfunction, or is it pretty specific? I mean, is, there, is, it, is, it, is it a common thing, or can there be a bunch of different things that can happen with that? 
Yeah. So pelvic floor dysfunction is a very, very broad term. Um, There's a lot of things that can happen. So, um, you know, so going back to the functions of the pelvic floor, we talked about bowel bladder control. Um, The pelvic floor also helps just with our stability of our pelvis. So it's kind of like the core of our pelvis, I tell people. And so if we have weak pelvic floor muscles, we can have instability in our pelvis as well as in our lower back, which can cause anything from lower back pain to hip pain, pelvic pain, um, all those kinds of things. So, So, okay, kind of going back just a little, is it a pretty big muscle then? I mean, is it a pretty big... Yeah, so it it sits, it sits on the bottom of your pelvis. It can cause all of that, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, there's, there's three layers of muscle there, so it can, it can do quite a bit there. Um, So yeah, there's, there's the stability function, there's also the support function, which we were going to talk about. Um, The pelvic floor supports your organs, so um, in women, it supports your bladder, your uterus, and your rectum. And so um, kind of getting, yeah, getting pel- Michelle into yeah. this a little bit. Pelvic, <laughs> pelvic organ prolapse is actually the, the biggest problem with the pelvic floor. So ex- explain that. <laughs> yes. So there, there can be weakness that can cause any of the walls of the vagina to prolapse. Actually, the bladder is the front, the uterus, or what we call um, the top of the vagina if the uterus is absent, if somebody had a hysterectomy, or the posterior part, which is the rectum. And all of those things can bulge and cause symptoms. And actually, there's a lot of women that have minor prolapse that are actually asymptomatic from it. So here in a little bit, I want to talk, there's obviously going to be ways to make that muscle stronger, correct? Or make it Mm -hmm. work better to prevent something like that. Because that is just sounds horrific for something like that to happen. Yep. Um, I mean, when it does, is it what's I don't I don't want to linger on this too much, but oh boy, is it can it be something really serious that 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 you know? I mean, you've you've got to yep. get in right away. Yep. Then, so right? the only time it's really serious is if somebody is unable to void. So um, there, you actually can be get like an obstructive uropathy where you're unable to void because the prolapse is so bad. Oh, so then what, uh, how, how is it treated? And, 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 and is there surgery that needs to yeah. be a part so of there, this? So the, there's stages of prolapse. So there's very mild prolapse where usually women are asymptomatic, don't even know they have it. And then there's stages where it becomes more symptomatic, where they have pressure symptoms um, or like we talked about, voiding dysfunction, bowel dysfunction, that kind of thing. Um, and, and really what we say you need treatment is when you're symptomatic. So women that don't have symptoms don't need treatment. When they do have symptoms, there's a range of treatment options. So first line, what I always recommend is physical therapy, unless it's severe prolapse that can't be helped with that. So I think physical therapy plays a very important role in that. Um, there's devices called pessaries, which are actually little like um, different shaped devices that go on the vagina and push things up. Um, and women can maintain those on their own, or they can come in and we maintain them for them, or surgical management. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is it? You mentioned that it's pressure and, and issues with voiding, but is it painful too? Is it something that can be painful or not generally? I, I would say most of the time it's not terribly painful, but women can have pain from it. Okay. Uh, all right, Katie. Let's go back to um, you. You had, one of the one of the things you had mentioned was. Um, uh, incontinent. Mm-hmm. Is there different types of that when yes. this when this happens? Yeah. So um, we kind of classify it as three different types: either stress urinary incontinence, um, urge urinary incontinence, or mixed, which is both. Um, stress urinary incontinence is 
the type of urine leakage when you cough or sneeze or a lot of women when they try to exercise um, running um, when they have leakage with those types of activities that's called stress incontinence um, the urge incontinence is more of you have a strong urgency to go to the bathroom and you're trying to get there and you don't quite make it so, so. I, I I know sometimes too you will see uh, and I think this has to do that 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 muscle must get weaker than too with with having children right because you'll see again I keep referencing back to social media and a lot of this you'll see women making fun of that like when they mm-hmm. sneeze mm-hmm. you know and then they have to go to the bathroom that's that's exactly what you're talking about here though correct mm-hmm. and uh, is is there what role then does physical therapy kind of play in this to to, to fix that or make it better yeah so. Um, There's a lot of research that's been done specifically on stress incontinence and the ability for your pelvic floor muscles um, to get stronger and and be able to control that. Um, I'm able to treat both stress and urge incontinence in the clinic. Um, They're treated a little bit differently. Uh, My patients with stress incontinence, we work a lot on um, just really the activation of the muscles, being able to kind of quickly respond Um, to those types of activities. So I teach them to try to activate their muscles prior to coughing, sneezing, those types of things. How does, how does that work then? How, what, I mean, can you, it's kind of hard as as you're (laughs) taught, I mean, but when you're, what do you tell them to do with that muscle? Yeah. So I use a lot of breathing techniques. Um, So the pelvic floor is very linked with the diaphragm. And so I actually have people try to exhale and contract or lift their pelvic floor. So I, I tell them various, everybody kind of needs a different cue, but I say various things like stop your flow of urine. Um, sometimes I say pick something up with your vagina. <laughs> it just depends. Like everybody kind of has a different cue. Um, what I utilize is I utilize what's called biofeedback. Um, so I use a pressure sensor, either vaginally or externally on the pelvic floor muscles so that when they contract their pelvic floor, it I can see on my screen what they're doing. Is that kind of like a, I, maybe, is it kind of like a TENS unit? Is it something like kind that? Of, Similar like, like that? The external. Look, I love that the fact that your eyes got big and you're like, hey, he said something. <laughs> That's, he's listening. So I, I mean, mean, basically, the electrodes that I use for the external sensors for the biofeedback are the same. They're smaller, but right. that you would use for, for that type of a thing. And then they hook to cords that hook to my computer. So the patient can visually see on the screen oh. what their muscles are doing, which is extremely helpful um, to be able to know if they're actually using the right muscles. Yeah, I suppose any visual uh, visualization of that. Yeah. Um, you know, because yeah, anybody can say, "Well, do this." Mm-hmm. And you think you're doing it, yep. and maybe you're not doing it correctly. Right. Oh, that's a pretty cool tool. Yep. So we use it to treat both incontinence and prolapse, um, as well as various other conditions. So Okay. Um, now let's go back to um, pregnancy a little bit. Um, uh, and 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 how that affects that muscle. Uh, I know, uh, Dr. Crone, you and I were talking earlier about, you know, the more kids that women have, then that muscle, I'm, it's surprising to me because it seems like, you know, when you use muscles more, they get stronger. But when it comes to childbirth, that seems to be quite the opposite, then, yeah. isn't it? It's actually, so even not even childbirth. So women that have C-sections can also have oh, pelvic really? floor dysfunction. Yep. So it's the increase in intra-abdominal pressure from having a pregnancy that puts that pressure on the pelvic floor that can affect that. But then, of course, delivery 
a vaginal delivery also can affect that even more because there can be tearing of those muscles. Obviously, they're stretched. Is that common? Is tearing common? Tearing is pretty common, yeah. Yeah. So it's a group of muscles that are involved in the pelvic floor. And so some of those muscles can be torn with a vaginal delivery. So when when women are pregnant and they want to maybe, they maybe understand these these risks, then they come to you, Katie, Mm -hmm. and then... What what do you recommend, uh, you know, for them during their pregnancy? Yeah, I I love when women come to me for just preventative pelvic floor training when they're pregnant, um, because I can I can help them understand where their pelvic floor is and how to use it while they're pregnant, which in turn really helps them in their recovery postpartum. Um, so I, I teach them how to do pelvic floor exercises. I teach them how to do breathing exercises. Um, I actually do a lot of education further along during their pregnancy on how to relax their pelvic floor um, because that really helps assist um, with delivery. So we not only work on kind of, you know, how do you strengthen your pelvic floor as well as your other core muscles during your pregnancy, but also being able to relax those muscles when you need to. Okay. Now, after then the, the, the child is born, um, obviously you want to, to continue the practice of this, correct? Um, and and one, other, uh, one other question I had here in my notes, um, and let's see if I'm saying this right, is it diastasis recti? So the, there's a close? lot of close. There's a lot of different pronunciations <laughs> okay. of that. Um, it's either called diastasis okay. or diastasis. It's kind of pronounced oh, both ways. I suppose. Um, okay. But I I tend to say diastasis. <laughs> so so what, do I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I'm going to say it too. Um, what is it? Yeah. So basically, in your body, you have kind of your six pack muscles. Yep. Um, those muscles kind of run linearly down and there's a ligament in between them okay. called your linea alba. Hold on. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. They're right so there's there. a ligament. Yep. <laughs> so, so when your belly expands, those muscles separate and that there's more space between them and that ligament kind of expands and stretches when you're, when you're pregnant or even with men, when they, if they have like a bigger abdomen, right. that can happen. Um, and it stretches, and then after you deliver, um, sometimes that doesn't come back together very well. And the, it, the, the ligament is generally the problem kind of in there, or is it the muscle? Well, it's the, it's the stretching of the muscle, okay. which in turn kind of stretches the ligament in, okay. in the middle. Um, and so that, that's supposed to happen. That's normal. Um, your, your abdomen has to stretch right. in order to allow the baby to grow. Um, but sometimes after delivery, the muscles don't quite come together like they should. And so when there is kind of still a gap there, they, they term that diastasis recti. Now, I'll preface that as there should be somewhat of a gap there. Always. Okay. Okay. Um, but when it's greater than a certain, you know, a certain distance, that's when we kind of diagnose that. So this is something you can treat, though. Yep. When they come in, mm-hmm. what what's what's the process? What do you do for that? Then is it? I can't imagine that it's similar to uh, the pelvic floor exercises, is it? Or it's is very it, similar? Really? Yep. Okay. So I always start with the pelvic floor. Okay. Because that is the base of your core, and so I always train the pelvic floor first, and then I add in kind of the deep abdominal muscles that are underneath those rectus abdominis or those six pack muscles. We kind of try to train our inner core, is what I 
term it. The inner core. The inner core. Um, now, okay, so <laughs> let's say let's say you're trying to get in shape, um, and you're it, it, are these muscles that you can that you that you can focus on? Absolutely. In, in training, like for is it really? Yes. So, like, what do you got to do? Maybe you say crunches. You're going to say burpees or something. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Then. It's, it's very complicated. <laughs> oh, good, good. Because if it's complicated, it's a very then I don't do it. gentle motion. Of I always say it's a it's a gentle drawing in motion. So it's like you're doing a pelvic floor contraction or a kegel. Okay. But you're coming up further into your lower abdomen and you're just gently drawing inward. And that's that's and that's that's the muscle called your transverse abdominus muscle. Okay. And that's one of the muscles that I, I try to train for people with diastasis. Oh well, are there exercises like like let's say you're planking? Is does that do anything for those kind of so muscles? So basically, I start out really basic on your back, and I get people to activate those muscles first. Okay. And then I start adding in all the other exercises. Okay. So basically, you can do that muscle contraction and improve that diastasis. With various exercises, you just have to engage the correct muscles. And obviously, the the more you do it and the more you train, then the better it's going to be, I mean, inevitably, right? Right, It's something you would highly recommend. Okay, now, you mentioned the word Kegel, all right? (laughs) And again, this is one of those exercises that you will see all over social media, and TikTok for a while was all over it, too. Um, Is... Is this a thing? I mean, is it an exercise or is it is it more just for clicks, you know? So, I mean, Kegel, Dr. Kegel was right. a guy yep. who developed a pelvic floor muscle exercise okay. called the Kegel. Okay. So, he was very long time ago. Yes. So, I don't I mean, you can term a pelvic floor exercise a Kegel if you want to. I tend to oh. not. It's it's basically it's any pelvic floor exercise is is a kegel it's a contraction of your pelvic floor muscles see and most people turn it in mostly they turn it into um you know something sexual when it's when it's on a lot of the social media yeah but i don't i, I, I the way you describe it is is no it's it's more for that i mean it well, can be maybe your pelvic floor muscles have sexual function okay sure so we didn't get to that part of right the <laughs> Okay. It has so many functions. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. learning so much here. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, okay, so I mean, maybe if you're if you're comfortable with that, kind of speak to that a little bit about the sexual functions that can it can work along with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of research showing that this that stronger pelvic floor muscles or better activation of your muscles can improve orgasm in intercourse um, in both men and women. So, yeah. So, so that's not just for clicks. It, no, it's then there a, is actually something behind yeah, it. Yeah, there's evidence of that. Yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before um, I let you go, Katie, we were we were talking uh, with Michelle, too, uh, in the last podcast. And she told me that she likes she has playlists that she uses when she's in surgery. Right. Okay. Now, when you're when well, when you're when you're doing these kind of exercises, is there music or playlists or things that you listen to that you like to listen to? When I'm doing yeah, them, or well, when my patients okay, are doing either them. one. When you're doing the exercises, do you what what's your go-to for music? What do you like to listen to? I mean, I like to listen to music when I exercise, right? But I, it doesn't really matter. Really, it can be like anything. Okay. So Con- is it quiet in your office? When yeah, you're doing I do these? not play music. Um, while my patients are doing pelvic floor exercises because okay. we are typically in a private treatment room and oh, I, I don't see. have a boom box in there or anything. Okay. You know? 
Um, well, then I guess really the most uh, important question to ask of this whole podcast. Um, <laughs> Michelle says that uh, she's not a country music fan. Oh, see, I knew this so, was, this was coming. So, somewhere. Katie, uh, what's your take on country music? I enjoy country music. <laughs> Well, we'll be happy to have you back again sometime, Katie. <laughs> Michelle, it was nice talking with you, um, but I think we may be done. So, <laughs> well, that's 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 awesome. That's perfect. Uh, so, I mean, all of this stuff is what I like about this is a lot of this can be preventative mm-hmm, um, in a, in a lot of instances. Um, you know, we talked about uh, we 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 talked about the infertility and things you can do to help that. And 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 this can can this pelvic floor and these exercises can that make a difference? I mean, in some small instance with infertility as well? I would say the only time is if there is a sexual dysfunction. Okay. Especially if women have pain with intercourse, it's going to limit the amount of intercourse that they're having, and it can affect them getting pregnant. So this all kind of ties together. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. And uh, you guys obviously obviously work well together. Uh, your sisters. I don't know if we talked about that. <laughs> so maybe you could kind of tell as we were talking here, too. Um, but it was so nice to meet both of you. You guys were yeah. awesome at this. Thank you so much for coming down. Uh, Dr. Michelle Crone from Monument Health in Spearfish and Dr. Katie Sandvig, too, a physical therapist here in Rapid City. Right. Thank you both for coming in and talking. Thank you. <laughs> Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Home Slice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquist, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.